Welcome to Ideas, Ideas While High podcast, where we share creative aha idea moments from entrepreneurs who are successfully navigating the business world and give you practical steps to help bring your great idea to life. I'm your host, Mary Latrice. Let's chop it up. Who said Puff Puff Pass was canceled? Listen, I know being a stoner in 2020 has been interesting, to say the least, with this pandemic. But The Chillstone by JTT Accessories is here to help. The Chillstone is a premium hand-blown glass joint holder and one hitter too. It's reusable, easy to clean, hypoallergenic, and a natural filter. But most importantly, it's sanitary. Simply insert your joint for a snug fit and enjoy. It fits standard cigarettes, joints, blunts, with or without filters. Get yourself a chillstone today at jttip.com or check them out on Instagram at jttaccessories. In 2020, let's pass joints, not germs, with the chillstone. Okay, guys, today I'm joined by Shanitria Anthony, founder of Blunt Blowing Mama, a community for real moms who proudly consume cannabis. She's also the creator of Blunt Blowing Mama podcast and Blunt Blowing Mama clothing line. Welcome to Hydea, Shanitria. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, it's so great to speak with you. I'm really excited to chat with you today on the podcast. I'm so excited to have a podcast now. Oh, let's get it on. I'm about to, I got some weed kind of smoke on here because like oh I, good, perfect, okay, perfect. Like, you I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to pack up a bowl in a second and smoke that. So <laughs> perfect. All right. So, what was your first, if any, experience with plant medicine? Any funny stories? I mean, I didn't really think of like weed as a medicine or mm. even a plant, honestly, mm-hmm. when I first started smoking weed. I first started smoking when I was 18. So, I mean, when you're 18, you're not really thinking that much into anything that you're doing if you're like the average teenager, which I definitely was. Mm. Um, you know, I was just doing it because my friend was like, hey, girl, you want to try this? It's pretty cool. And she was my best friend at the time. And I was just like, OK. And we just you know, smoke weed. I didn't really get high. And she was like, you got to do it again. And then you'll, you'll feel it. And I was like, all right. So smoked again. And I was like, oh girl, this is okay. <laughs> and we would just like, you know, smoke weed um, all the time together. And I never stopped. Like I had stretches where maybe I didn't smoke as much because of like, maybe I was living with my parents or whatever circumstances. But like, as I got older, I, you know, I continued to smoke weed and like, it wasn't until I, I probably until I moved to California like four years ago that I really started to understand like that weed is a plant and cannabis plant mm-hmm. and like learning about the different cannabinoids and the different ways of consumption and all that stuff. But before mm-hmm. that, I was just doing it because it felt good, because it made me happy and because it's something I did with some of my homegirls and some of my homeboys. But I kind of should have, you know, in hindsight, been like, yeah, there's something deeper here, but it never really clicked. I think that's also just part of growing up. Like you just really start to Uh, examine life more and look at things more critically than when you're young. It's just like, oh, we're just having fun. Passing a blunt at the party or something like that. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, were you open with your family? Did other people in your family consume or was it, you know, just with your friends? So that's kind of funny because like in my family, I think about other people's families. I'm thinking about my family. I'm just like, "Hmm, either it's like a Southern thing or it's just not common with the other 
people. But like in my family, like we grew up very close. Like I grew up with some of my cousins, like playing with them all the time. So we're all really tight. We have like a cousinhood where it's like, you know, we don't snitch on each other. Like we have mm. each other's facts, like we support yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. Like we're really tight like that. Even if we don't talk as much, like it's always just understood that like I got you. So like we have a very good relationship. With that being said, I've been smoking with my cousins for a long time. Okay. Um, we've been smoking weed ever since it was just like, you smoke, yeah, da, da, da. And like we'll go out together, smoke weed at the party, smoke weed in the car, come back home to our parents and just like, you know, pretend or whatever. But like, or come back to whatever the function was and be like, oh uh-huh. yeah, and we all high as <laughs> hell. So, you know, like I love smoking with my cousins. My cousins are my favorite smoke partners, honestly. But aside from that, like now the aunts and uncles and my mom, like, nah, they don't know about all that. <laughs> they didn't know about all that because like they weren't ready for all that. No. Um, so <laughs> they shout out to the know. favorite cousins. Shout out to the big right. Mine's and Shahana. Right. Always, you always at least got one. <laughs> yeah, that you can smoke. Well, you got to be able to smoke with a cousin, man. It hits different when you smoke with family. So (laughs) that was, you know, what we would do. And my aunts and uncles really did not know. And maybe they did. And I don't know, but whatever. They never brought it up to us. But, you know, my mom for a long time, neither one of my parents, my sister did. So like all my cousins, my sister, like we're all tight. So like everybody knew about Blunt Blunt Bomber and like all of them knew I smoked weed, my friends, all that, my partner. It's just my parents (laughs) and my aunts and uncles didn't know. And so a few months ago, I finally told my parents, like I told my mom and, um, you know, she was like, okay, like she was kind of cool with it when she learned like I'm making money off of it. And this is like my career path right now. Uh And Uh she really started to understand that. So, you know, that was cool. But um, it was a while, like it took a while to like really be able to like, you know, talk to my mom about it, my parents about it. But those were like the only people that it was really kind of a concern with like bringing it up with everybody else in my life was already, they've been to, I smoked weed. They were like, girl, go on, go ahead. Just go ahead. (laughs) You know, but like parents kind of choose to see you however they want to see you. And, Mm -hmm. and it really, it it takes a lot for them to see you as an adult. So I think my parents finally see me as like a grown ass woman who's living her life and making the decisions she wants to make. With the family. Right. Right. Like I'm a whole ass grown ass woman. And I think they trust me. You know, they trust me because they've seen that I have made good decisions. I am well educated. Mm -hmm. I do have like a bomb resume. You know, I think I've earned that right from them. And so I'm Mm -hmm. very, it's respect. You know, they raised me right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So can you share your story behind Blunt Blue and Mama? What were you doing right before you're like, ah, okay, this is what's going to happen. And then what did you start doing immediately during? Blunt Blue and Mama started when I was high. I was smoking weed with Bay. And um, <laughs> and I was just thinking about like, I was like, I want to do like a parenting website or something for black people. But then I was like, man, maybe it should be about black moms who smoke weed because I don't really see us anywhere in the news. And I don't really see a lot of big influencers or whatever, just like anything talking about black women who smoke weed. And I know we smoke weed. And I was like, but damn, what am I going to call it? And so we're smoking weed. And I love Lil Wayne. Bay likes Lil Wayne. He was like, blunt blowing. <laughs> and like, we like that song, Blunt Blowing by Lil Wayne. So it's like, Blunt Blowing Mama. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, because the kids call me mama. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Blunt Blowing Mama. Hell yeah. I was like, all right. So I went on and I like made all the accounts and everything and got everything in the name. And um, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, and then I did my first post. I don't know if I did like a countdown and then I did my first post. Well, yeah, this was December. This was December 2017. Okay. And I think I had like my Columbia 
sweatshirt on and I was like, hey, I'm Shanitria. You know, I smoke weed. I'm a mom. I've done this in my career. Da, da, da. And yeah, and I was like, I, I was very intentional. I was like, well, I always wear my Columbia sweatshirt and like my Georgia State sweatshirts and stuff around when I'm like running errands or in the house. Because mm-hmm. like, every, I think everybody wears their college apparel, like when they're just walking around, if you mm-hmm. have some. So like, I usually wear it around. I was like, well, let me just take this picture in my Columbia sweatshirt so people will know that like, you can go to an Ivy League school and still smoke weed. Like just to put that, <laughs> just to like, and put your stamp on it. That was my first step. And I was like, dang, I was nervous, but it was just like, well, just go for it. Like what's the worst that could happen? So at that point I was already laid off from my job that I had moved to LA for. So I was just mm-hmm. like, what's the worst that could happen? And then what happened is I ended up getting another job <laughs> after I started Blunt Blowing Mama. And I was like, I don't know if I should say anything. So I never really said anything about it. But then the company ended up finding out. It was like this whole thing. I quit. It's crazy. It was like this really wild drama that I don't want to get into. But um, wow. okay. Yeah, I'll go but, like, here offline. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. But like all of that kind of taught me that like all my jobs before Blunt Blunt Mama really taught me a lot about how to manage a social media page, grow it, and even how to build up like a brand. Because when you work for other people's brands, all they do Mm -hmm. is teach you how to build up their brand. But it's like, you can take that information and apply it to your own shit too. So that's basically what I did. (laughs) Is that how your journalism contributed to your brand, you would say? Is building those platforms up? Yeah, absolutely. So like I work as an editor. So when you read an article on a news site, like from ABC News or something.com, and you read that article about, you know, whatever's happening in the news and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's by whatever writer and they have the headlines and the photos and everything in there. Yeah. I'm the person who actually edits those words to make sure there are no typos, that there's like the sentences make sense and aren't run-ons, that like mm-hmm. the story is accurate and ethical and balanced and all that. I usually come up with the headline and pick the photos and all of that stuff. I usually help out with the way you'll see it on Facebook. Um, Those headlines and images I've like helped make that. So like, I'm like the person behind like a lot of the stuff you probably read. And people don't know that (laughs) because people don't really know about editors and their jobs. People just really see the writer's name because that's what's on the final piece. But there's an editor who reads that and fixes it first. And that's usually me. And even assigns that story in the first place. So like tells a writer, like, you should write this. That's me. So like doing that is just like it informed me on like how to find trends, spot them and execute them to provide growth and stuff uh-huh. like that. So, and plus like I'm good with words cause I'm an editor. And now, do you, I usually write as well. Do you read and reread and reread or are you pretty much, you've done it so often that you can just go through it and know. Oh and no, I can do it. it and I can edit it in one take. Like usually, okay. I mean, if it's a good, if it's a good writer, if it's a bad writer, it might take me several uh, looks. Like I might have to go through it several times. But it just depends on the level of the writer. But yeah, it's so easy for me now. Like I've, I've been working as a journalist for like, oh my gosh, like 10 years now almost, or probably it's 10 years. So like, that's my job. Like that's mm-hmm. like, not only is that my job, like that's my first love. I'm so passionate about journalism mm. um, and my career. You know, I love my career, what I've done so far and what I want to do with journalism. But, you know, it's just like for Black journalists, it's very hard to be in the media uh, mm-hmm. realm because, I mean, with any professional corporate job, it's hard being black, but especially in journalism, when you're reporting on things in your community, 
or people don't want to highlight the good in your community and you're always the only black person in the room. You got to speak for all the black people in America mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to make sure the headlines are accurate and that they're do- just that these companies are doing things. That's why people just don't know. And mm-hmm. they, and it's not because they just, Oh my gosh, I don't know, but it's because like, you don't want to know. So it's very taxing. And then there's like, not much promoting happening within and like they never want to pay you what you're worth and like mm-hmm. all that shit not the down journalism because I love 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 journalism but this <laughs> is like real fat and so because of that I was just like I can just do it myself like I can just make all my own content and dreams come to life do my own podcast because I got turned down for podcasts like three times Really? Working at these different companies. Yeah, these different companies. And this was like, and then I was finally like, let me just do it by myself. Like, it's a lot harder <laughs> to do a podcast by yourself, but it is possible. Yeah. Um, and so I just did it myself because I was just like, I'm tired of asking for permission and asking people, hey, Massa, can I do this? And then being like, ah, <laughs> uh, no, uh, bro, we don't want your black ideas. Get them out of here, you know? Uh, <laughs> Damn. And it really fucks with your self-worth and even your confidence and your creativity. And so I'm glad that I took a risk on Blunt Blunt Mama and my ideas and did it my way because it definitely showed me what I knew all along, which is that I'm a creative ass bitch. I'm glad you did too. You're a pioneer (laughs) in this industry and people should know. Absolutely. Guys, that creativity, when it's there, let it out. If you're in a stifling situation and you just need to take the initiative and go a different direction. Don't be scared. Just take that that little baby leap of inspired action and, and go for it for sure. Absolutely. So how has your consumption evolved over time? Do you think now? Oh my gosh, it's changed so much. Like I used to like only smoke whatever people gave me. And now I wouldn't smoke what somebody gave me unless I really, really know you. Like I really wouldn't because I just know so much more about what I like, what I don't like, what terpenes I like. And dosing and stuff like that, that I'm just a smarter consumer, I feel like, because I just am more informed. And I've talked Mm -hmm. to so many really smart people in the industry who just Mm -hmm. like taught me a lot of really cool shit about cannabinoids and our endocannabinoid system and Mm -hmm. all the shit. Like, (laughs) it's crazy. Like, it's really like the more you actually research cannabis and our ECS, like our endocannabinoid system, it's really... It's it really will blow your mind. So yeah, I can consume a lot differently now. Like I actually just started taking last year, I started taking tinctures more, which are like a game changer. And I do those like, oh my gosh, I'll have a tincture like twice, two or three times a day, mm-hmm. um, depending on it, you know, if I can remember if I can get my hands on it quickly and all that stuff. But I usually will. It's like my favorite way to consume because it's fast acting on like an edible and then you can still properly dose it. I think better than anything else because you can just look at your dropper and know, okay, that's X amount of milligrams or milliliters. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's how much I'm consuming. I love tinctures now. I still always smoke flour, love dabbing. I was really scared to try to dab a few years (laughs) ago, but once I got into it, it's like love amazing. It. I have my puff co, so that makes it even easier. I love dabbing. Um, but I consume all the ways. I eat edibles. I used to be scared of edibles, but now I've realized how to consume them. So I fuck with edibles. So like I consume any way, <laughs> any and every way. 
<laughs> it's good. I mean, I similar to you, as I've gotten older, you're just more conscious and intentional about how you're consuming. You just can't, I'm just going to get high and just, you know, see what happens. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I have responsibilities. I got a job. I got kids. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. be fucking around and lose half a day because I ate too much of a brownie. Like, I can't do that all the time. Like, it happens one time and I'm just like, nope. Time is money. Not again. <laughs> time is money. And I don't have it to waste on being couch locked for hours because I don't fuck yeah. up and ate too much of an edible. Like, that's crazy. So do you have any rituals, like, when you're getting ready to wind down or take a smoke? Is anything you like to do special? I like, do I have any rituals? Hmm. I want to be like, oh, I light a candle and I do this and I do that. But I really don't like, because sometimes it's just like, I got to get it in when I get get it in. (laughs) And with the kids, like, I I don't got time for all of that. Yeah. So I don't really, I really don't. Like I have two kids. Like I don't have time to have it like, oh, I do this and I say meditation. Like, no, but if I do get opportunity, I did recently buy some affirmation cards. And sometimes after I spark up, and take my first couple hits from my bomb, then, you know, I'll vibe, I'll close my eyes, I'll take out my affirmation deck, I'll pull a card, like really intentionally. And then I'll just meditate on that card while I finish the rest of my bowl. Like, Mm -hmm. I probably do that, like, mm, I would say like, three or four times a week. I try to do that. If I could, I would do it daily, but sometimes I don't have the time. But yeah, pulling the affirmation card while smoking is like so, oh, that feels so powerful. It's really good. I love that. So I try to do that sometimes when I'm rolling up. I love to roll up like while listening to music and just vibing that way. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just trying to steal away and have little moments of like reflection and self-care with weed are like really important to me, but that never... It's never like a repeated. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to have a repeated ritual, but I do have different little mini rituals that I do put it like that. I have many rituals, which are really important, especially when you have a busy life. So absolutely. So how do you plan to introduce cannabis to your kids? They're already introduced to cannabis. Um, I mean, it's impossible for them not to like with what I do. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally impossible for them not to see like at least a little bit of what's going on like they see the bongs okay. they know what that what that is yeah they know exactly what that is they know what cbd is because okay. i use that on them like i have cbd bombs and salves and like just different body products that i'll rub on them sometimes after they have a bath at night and i'll rub their backs with cbd um topical and they love it they'll be like mama what's that i'll be like cbd and they'll be like cbd (laughs) i love cbd (laughs) and my my daughter will be like mama i want that abc cbd (laughs) abc cbd is where it's at absolutely (laughs) um so they like recognize what that is like we put a little CBN in their milk or tea at night before they go to bed and like they go to sleep like they're supposed mm-hmm. to sleep and they know what that is too because Jared told them one day I was like why are you telling them all the secrets you can't tell them everything he was like he was like I want you guys to drink your milk because I put CBN in it and it's gonna help you sleep they're like CBN <laughs> <laughs> I love God it. damn it so like yeah we tell them you know we okay tell so them you started as much off as they can CBN. understand okay like CBD and CBN and like any other like, you know, non-psychoactive cannabinoid, we definitely like put that in their diet or at least in, in their life in some way. And we mm-hmm. tell them what they can understand. And we, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't hide anything because like, what's the point of that? And that makes it seem like that's something you should be ashamed of. And it's not exactly. anything to be ashamed of. So mm-hmm. yeah, because even at first, like I was 
when I would dab, like, I didn't always want her to see, like, the smoke coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, at this point, I mean, when she's ready to ask questions and learn, I will explain it to her. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, the kids have, like, seen, like, we usually don't, like, we'll smoke, like, in our room, we have, like, a little, I put up, like, a little partition, like, a my own kind of version of a partition. So it sections off and allows us to have, like, that private space to, uh-huh, like, really uh-huh. consume. And the kids kind of know not to come back there, but they yeah. will anyways. And if they do while we're smoking, it's usually, like, we can hear, like, you can hear your kids coming. Like, kids are loud. Yeah. We hear them coming, and it's like, you get the exhale, and they'll see the smoke, and it's just like, you know, of course, like, they'll be like, what's that? And we like, smoke. And, <laughs> and they get it, but like we try not to like smoke like directly in front. I've seen parents that will literally be blowing smoke in their baby's face, and I'm like, absolutely not. Like, no, I do no. not condone that. I don't do that. Like, but I am not here to tell anybody how to parent their children. You know what I'm saying? But that's just not how I roll. You know, so we still don't smoke. You know, where the smoke is in front of them, that kind of way. But like. When we lived in our previous apartment, there was like a patio and the patio had a glass door and you could see from the living room to the patio. Mm -hmm. And so we would have her playing in the living room because we could watch her and we would be on the patio Mm -hmm. um, and she would see us smoking weed on the patio, but the door was closed and everything. So like she wasn't exposed to it, but we could see her. She could see us like Mm -hmm. that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with your kids seeing you smoke and you, as long as you context it right and you explain it to them, mm-hmm. I just don't think you should be like having the smoke in the baby's faces. <laughs> That's just me. But yeah, we don't hide anything from the kids. We just try to keep everything age appropriate and safe. And mm-hmm. the older they get, the more we'll tell them. Absolutely. That makes sense. Are you guys back on lockdown again? Oh, yeah, girl. We've been on lockdown for like okay. months now. <laughs> Is there anything outside of smoking that you do to keep your vibes high, to keep your spirits high? I mean, I do yoga and I've been okay. trying to get back into that. That's like one of my goals for the years. Like I'll smoke weed and I'll go do yoga. And that's like the best, like most relaxing thing mm-hmm. ever. Or I'll go to the beach. I love like <laughs> taking a joint or, you know, a couple of joints or like whatever I'm smoking. And yeah, just go up to Venice or Santa Monica and just sit on the beach, smoke a little bit, watch the sunset. This vibe, like I'll sit out there for hours and yeah. just like smoke weed, like meditate, listen to the mm-hmm. water, listen to music, watch the sun, people watch, mm-hmm. um, read a book. Like, oh, I love to, oh, I don't yeah. do that enough, I'm but that's what right I try now. To <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice right here today. Moment. It's like, it's like 88 degrees today. So what? I should be at the beach today. Yeah. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hating. Girl, I literally have like shorts on and a tank Good top. Lord. Like, it's so hot. Yeah. Out here in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird, though, because it's not supposed to be, like, this hot right now. So it's definitely, you know, very strange. Um, mm-hmm. So yesterday it was 90. I was like, oh, hell, I am not turning my AC on. What we're not going to do in February is have our <laughs> AC on. Like, that's crazy. But wow. we did have to turn on the fans. So <laughs> jelly for sure. Um, but we do go to, I go to the beach. I go to the beach by myself. Like, I don't ask anybody. I just go. I try to do that. Like, I used to do it, like, once a month. But. With everything that's been happening, I haven't been uh, probably in like, I haven't been in the new year. So I probably will try to go maybe next month. I'll try to go for a day. Um, Yeah. So as a business owner starting off, was there anything you struggled with in this market? 
I talked to someone else and they said it even because they had cannabis in their name. Matter of fact, Tammy from the Cannabis Cutie, she mentioned that when she chose her name, it was hard to find a bank because it had cannabis in the name. Did you deal with any issues like that being in the Um, No, I have not dealt with anything like that because, well, my name is still kind of like blunt blowing, but it can mean a lot of things, honestly, if you don't know no better. Um, (laughs) So I haven't dealt with any issues like that. And also I don't have like a flower touching business yeah, and I sell t-shirts. So I don't really have those banking issues or anything like that, Mm -hmm. or at least I haven't yet, but it's, you know, I sell t-shirts. So it's a little different for me. I don't have those issues. I more or less have issues with like, um, you know, I more have issues with Instagram itself. Yo, and not talk with about like it. Hot mess. Yeah. yeah. So Instagram is like atrocious. Yeah. They be on some other shit. But people have been telling me for years, you got to use your YouTube. You got to find other platforms because IG, eh, you know, can't always count on it. So has yep. your vision or mission evolved since you started your business? If so, in what ways? I have had a, and I still do have a very um, detailed plan of where I want Blunt Boy and Mom to go. And I'm taking each bit step by step. So like, I already know what's happening. For others, it may seem like, wow, Blunt Boy and Mom is like really like going, like changing. And, sh- and it's just like, no, this is all part of a very thorough plan. That I've had for a long time. <laughs> Fundamentally, you're still bringing that awareness, and we're starting. Mm-hmm. We're you know we're still come seeing it from people that look like us, and taking that stigma away. So that you know, I would think has has always remained. Um, since yeah, I- yeah, yeah, I haven't really changed. None of the messaging has changed or anything. If anything, the outreach is you know, and the audience has just grown and evolved. And like the aesthetic has changed a little bit. Like I have a new logo and my shirts are redesigned a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think that comes with like growth, right. And just like more time to focus on refining your business. So, and that's to be expected. Like you shouldn't have the same logo your entire, (laughs) the entire life of your business, unless you just knock it out of the park the first time and like go off then. But most people usually have some you know, revisions that they make to things. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So at what moment did you realize you were walking in your purpose? Probably last year. Like last year was so wild because while everything was happening with Black Lives Matter and and like everything happening with just like Black people in general and this like, you know, what they call a racial reckoning or whatever for mm. white people. For mm. Black folks, it was like, bitch, we've been telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Wake the fuck up. <laughs> right. It's not, get out, get the fuck out of La La Land. But yeah, it's definitely last year, like when white people started feeling guilty, that's like when I just got an avalanche of people interesting and working with Blunt Boy and Mama and it hasn't stopped since. Oh, like right awesome. around like April of last year. And it hasn't stopped since. And so that's when around April and May is when I realized it because I started to get those deals. But then I also did my self-care in Cannabis Week, uh, which was like a virtual event that was like a one week thing where I had uh, panels with talking about sex and cannabis, talking about motherhood and cannabis, breastfeeding and cannabis. And like I had a cooking and cannabis session where like an actual cook showed us how to prepare like a, a meal with cannabis. And so like it did really well. And I was like, damn, okay, y'all fucking with me. Even <laughs> in a Panamera, like, okay. okay. <laughs> I see y'all. And so um, that's kind of when everything started to get real. And then like the page, like the Instagram page just started taking off. 
the podcast is still like growing and doing well, even though I'm not even as hands on with it as I was initially. And it's still doing well and growing. I've hit my goal for last year. I wanted to have like 50,000 downloads by the end of the year. Mm. And I had like, I hit like 52 or something, or maybe it was 54. I don't know. But I was you like, had to hire so someone, right? Didn't you have to hire um, someone? Yeah, I was growing so much. I had to hire a virtual assistant. Um, I finally found a reliable and like a podcast editor for my podcast that like we really jive and like work well together. Oh, so yeah. everything just started to come together last year. And so now I'm in a way better space than I was last year, but I'm still growing. But I just have a little bit more su- support than I did a year ago. Thank God. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to do it all by yourself. Guys, don't be afraid to outsource. If it can work for you, let it work for you. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you not do everything at all. And that's fine. Like, you shouldn't be able to do everything. Like, I'm not a podcast editor. And my right. podcast sounds much better now that I have somebody who's a professional, like, working on it. So mm-hmm. if you can do those things. I mean, and having somebody else edit your podcast is kind of like a fucking game changer. Because that just saves you so, so much time. time. Yeah. That shit is time consuming, especially when you that's not what you do normally. Yeah, it's uh-huh. going to take you a long time to do it because like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Absolutely. A game changer. I don't know where you got yours from. I found mine on Fiverr. But yeah, do your own. I found favorite. my initial one was on Fiverr. And then um, another podcaster recommended she was recommending an editor on her page. And she's a podcaster that I know. Um, so be friends of other podcasters, guys. If you're trying to have a podcast, you need to be friends of other podcasters because that's where you're going to get really all the true knowledge. And so she mm. was sharing about him. And then she was like, you know, he's my cousin, but he's really good. He edits my podcast. I was like, okay, cool. And I reached out to him and I let him edit a couple episodes to see how it sounded. It sounded great. I was like, boom, I got a podcast editor, y'all. <laughs> his prices were reasonable. And then his prices went up this year. But he was like, since you're one of my OG clients, I won't raise the prices on you. I was like, praise him. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, he's really amazing. Uh, His name is Jerome. He's uh, the podcast master on Instagram. If you want to check him out, he's amazing. I love throwing him business because I'll put his information in the show notes as well. Um, Yeah. So what advice would you give to your younger self? Smoke more weed, girl. (laughs) Like, smoke more. And, you know, I felt like I had a lot of signs for a long time to do my own thing and have my own business. I feel like there were so many people who were put in my life who were telling me that. And for some reason, I I wasn't listening. And then now that it's happening, it all just felt like the pieces of the puzzle finally just came together. Um, And it's pretty amazing. Yeah, you're on your exact yeah. path for sure. I love So that. I would just I would tell my younger self like pay attention to the signs. Like if I could have caught those signs sooner, man, I could have been done this blah blah mama <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. But like it's fine, it's all good. Like it, I'm doing it now and it's flourishing and I'm very grateful and I can't wait to show everybody everything else that I'm going to be doing with this brand. Amazing. So what do you want your legacy to be? Oh my gosh, that's so deep. Um, shit, that's really heavy. I mean, obviously, my children, you know, are mm-hmm. first and foremost gonna be the carriers of my legacy because they are my my seeds, my mm-hmm. children. But also, blunt boy mama, like I wanted to be like the premier destination and place when you think about women who smoke weed, moms who smoke weed, black moms who smoke weed. I want people to think about blunt boy mama and. Hopefully people acknowledge me as a dope best mom, a, an amazing, talented journalist and 
a woman who helped to destigmatize cannabis use for black moms. Like, I, I hope that's what it is. Absolutely. And you're on your way because you're doing it. You've been doing it and you're amazing at it. So kudos. thank you. Is there anything new and exciting you want us to know about? Just the merch. I mean, I worked with Walk the Walk Collaborative and they basically helped me revamp my entire line of uh, merchandise, uh, Blunt Born Mama. I got one, guys. Amazing. They feel Did like you, get, you got one of the new ones, right? I got one of the so new ones, good. yes. It feels so good. It feels it so nice good. Like the quality. Mm-hmm. The quality, like, it's just more tap into who I am and represents like the stuff that I like. Like I like nice quality luxury things. I like nice prints that are, you know, vibrant. I like cuddly soft shirts and sweatshirts. Mm -hmm. I like nice things, you know, I revamped Mm -hmm. the logo and put it on there really cute on the back. And like, you know, it's all just like super, it's cozy, it's plush, but it also still makes a statement, you know, moms who Mm -hmm. smoke weed are not bad moms. First I smoke weed, then I do things. Yeah. Stay with me, fuck stress, get weed. Oh yeah. (laughs) All those things are like, you know, printed on the front of my shirts. And it's because these are messages that I believe in. These are messages that I think can spark conversations, help to remove the stigma from the plant and just make it normal, you know, put it out there. And they helped me. It was Doreen of my bud base, which she's amazing. She basically helped me revamp my whole logo and design. Um, She helped like launch me up and set me up with my printer. I, like I'm just eternally grateful to her for just really showing me the ropes about like merchandising and selling shirts. Cause I had no idea what That's I was amazing. doing initially. Yeah. And she's just been a really great mentor for me and I'm super grateful for her. And yeah, she's just dope. Like and her and her team, Tony, they helped me. Like Tony called me the other, literally this week, she called me and she was like, how's everything going with the merch? Like how are sales? And I was like, you know, sales are all right. Da, da, da. She was just like, okay, well, you know, this is usually a slow time of year. So before Mother's Day and like even 420, which is going to be busy. I was like, yeah, it is. She was like, you should start getting, doing your inventory and getting everything organized. I was like, oh, hell. She was like, yeah, just do your inventory now. And so you'll thank me later because if your numbers are off when you're selling a lot of stuff and you didn't check it before, you're going to kick yourself. I'm like, oh, you're right. So she was like, if you have to place orders and it's better to know that now and, you know, be prepared for those busy times. And um, just like her telling stuff like that and I didn't even realize or wasn't even thinking like that so now this mm-hmm. weekend I'm gonna buy me a rack and like mm-hmm. organize all my shirts by size which I should have done that initially anyways but you know whatever so I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna count my inventory and it's gonna be boring and it's gonna be dull, no you're but... gonna smoke you're gonna put some music on you smoke I'm gonna put some music on you right <laughs> get it done and I'm gonna get it done because this is what I gotta do and she's right like Mother's Day was really busy for me last year so I can't even imagine what it's going to be like this year with me actually mm-hmm. having to ship everything out myself. So I just need to go ahead. And while things are in a lull, things are a little slower. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to do it because you got to utilize your time. What I learned is there's always something to do when you own your own business. There's always something to do in your business. And if you yes. mind in your business, you ain't got time for nothing else. Yes, there's <laughs> always something to do. I'm just finding another credit card processing company after everybody else kicked me off, I've been only been able to use PayPal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I finally found someone and I have to get them all this information. But trust guys, when you're an entrepreneur, there's always something to do. Even if there might not really be, you're going to make something up to do because you feel like you should be doing something. <laughs> so. There's always something to do. There's, oh my God. 
like I recently was just like, let me go ahead and update my sponsor deck and my media kit because my numbers have changed. Like, and that's not a bad thing to send out a deck or a media kit and your numbers have changed because that indicates growth on your Mm -hmm. end, but also could be like, okay, girl, like, you know, this was like 10,000 followers ago. Do you want to update this yet? Or, you know, so definitely like I did that. I added more stuff that like people were asking for me when they were doing these partnerships. They're like, oh, what about this number? What are this and what is that? I added that to it. And so there's always stuff to do. If you're listening and taking in feedback, there's always ways to improve your business or the way you do business. Absolutely. So how can um, everyone reach you? So I have my, my merch. You can find that on um, blunt dash blowing dash mama I think and dot shop my shopify.com or just go to at bbm clothing line <laughs> mm-hmm. on instagram you can check out those shirts but um aside from that I have episodes of the podcast coming out in February that are dedicated to couples because it's valentine's day mm. so there are going to be a lot of episodes featuring couples who do and or don't smoke weed together and just them sharing their stories because i'm always super fascinated by couples who uh, smoke weed together or especially those where one person does and the other person does not mm. um and i think that it's interesting they're even going to bring back some guests who have been on the show before and have them bring their partners and just hear how that dynamic works. I just always think it's so fascinating to hear about people's smoke lives. Like, so I'm yeah. going to, that's going to be happening throughout the month of February. And um, I think everybody's really going to love that. And people want to reach me, they can go to bluntblowingmama.com or they can follow um, me on Instagram at Shanitria, which like, that's my name, or that's my personal or you can follow at Blunt Blowing Mama, and it's blowing with no G. It's just B L O W I N. And there's no G. I'm going to make it easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you can also send me an email at bluntblowingmama at gmail.com if you have any questions or anything. I always reply to my emails. And um, yeah, I think those are the best ways to reach me if you want to reach me. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, Blunt Blowing Mama. Um, I actually have a YouTube that I'm going to start getting revved up, hopefully, oh, at yes. some point this year. I already have one video on there, but I, I want to really build it out. But uh-huh. um, I just I went ahead and reserved the name. Oh, I was good. like, hold up. I, I never got my YouTube account. Let me go ahead and set that up and reserve oh, that, put that on the back burner. So Hell yeah. that's going to be coming this year. But yeah, definitely always more exciting things on the podcast. I got so many good, amazing guests coming up and that is available to listen to on Apple and Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, like wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe and listen to Blunt Blonde Mama. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for your time. I thank really you. appreciate it in this wonderful conversation. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity to share these inspirational stories with you. If you are enjoying the podcast, please support, like, subscribe, and leave a review. Let me know your thoughts. Also share it with anyone you think could use a dose of inspiration. Last but not least, please follow me on social media. You can find me at high on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Stay high, stay creative, people.
The Last Prisoner Project is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders, executives, and artists dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. We here at Hideas wholeheartedly support their values and believe that anyone profiting from the legal cannabis industry has a moral imperative to work towards restorative justice. No one, I repeat, no one should be in jail suffering from the war on drugs, which disproportionately impacts communities of color. Want to get involved? Here are some ways. Follow them on social media, subscribe to their newsletter, volunteer, donate, or join the letter writing program. Please find links to their page in the show notes.